As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. Brought to you by GlanbiaConnect.com. Hello and welcome to Farm View. Well, as usual, it's Kieran O'Connor here with your weekly farming programme. Once again, I have a very busy show for you. This week on this week's programme, I have an update on Stephen Fitzgerald's open source Future Farm in West Waterford. I'll also discuss Antasca's High Court appeal to a new 140 million cheese plant at Bellevue in Waterford Port. And plus we hear about Lismore and Tremor's farmer market's very successful reopening. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanbiaConnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, the Open Source Future Farm programme has been an outstanding success, taking over from the very successful Monitor Farm project. Organised by Chagas and Lambie, the Future Farm Focus, Open Source Farms have been an outstanding success, as I say, and in Warford, we're fortunate to have two in East Warford in Port Law, Shane Fitzgerald, and in West Warford, Stephen Fitzgerald of Aglish. Well, early in the week, I got a chance to talk to Stephen, asked him for an update on how well the Open Source Future Farm and Aglish has gone for him. Stephen, first of all, the Future Farm, you got involved, was it two years ago, you got involved in this open source future farm obviously last year difficult for everybody with COVID but uh, it, was, it was two years ago you got set up as an open source future farmer yeah that's right uh, we joined two years ago not a whole pile done last year over COVID but glad to be involved in it exciting to be involved in it obviously you run a family farm yourself and your dad and your mum Noreen there out in Aglish uh, how well has it gone for you and what are the benefits that you found as being part of the open source future farm programme uh, I came home farming full time a few years ago and it's been good because it's help, helped us kind of forge our path and figure out where we're going because there's two families involved in the farm now as such and plan out where we're going in the future and just adopt all the new trends and the mm. new technologies and improve the farm going forward it's been good to be involved get the best research and advice and obviously the fact that both Chagas and Lambia are jointly involved the expertise you have there from Richie O'Brien and the Lambia uh, team as well obviously that's very very helpful yeah it is uh, like we were all going for our local advisor he's been brilliant but add in Richie O'Brien then on top of it like we can't mm. put a foot wrong and we have good help and you know it's, it's brilliant to get advice because you always have backup and you can't be afraid to make a decision then and you have people there backing, backing up the, what we're being told to do and of course normally you, you would have an open day on the farm last year because of that I know even upcoming event with Mokra uh, in, a, in a few weeks time but uh, as regards this spring how was it on the Fitzgerald farm in Eglish how was it for you busy but like every dairy farm springtime is busy Kevin went well weather was exceptionally good or exceptionally bad it was just good cows were out nearly every day Kevin went well and we're just starting the breeding season now grass growth has been average all year mm. and just tipping along just enough and I don't, hopefully now this week the weather will turn around and we might start heading into summer and things might settle down 
As you no, say, but as regards to spring, springtime, yes. it did go well. We're happy with how the springtime went, yeah. As you say, calving, a, a very busy time. How did calving go for you? How compact was it? And were you happy the, with the overall result? Yeah, good. You've you been dreading it at times. It's very compact. Calved kind of over 90% of the cows in the, in the first six weeks. And at times, you'd be wondering why you do it. But it's worth it when all the calves are the same age. And it's easier to manage it in the long run. You're busy for them a few weeks. Mm. And everything, it's easier for everything for the rest of the year. And turn out then, when did you actually turn out your animals? Cows start generally going out by day as soon as they calf. So from the first week of February out, we the cows out nearly every day since the first few days of February. If the weather is very bad, we don't want to mm-hmm. but we try and have right. the cows out as much as possible. And we're in a reasonably dry farm, so we're able to do it, which we're, we're very lucky. Like, and the cows, okay. the cows perform better on it and you know, it's easier for us to manage that. Huh? And of course, it's yourself and your dad, Richie. And you mentioned before we come in here that you also have some um, local help as well. Yeah, next door neighbour, Tom Fleming, he comes into, he came in now in the springtime and he's been helping milking and any this year during Kevin for a few weeks and any day I'm under pressure now he comes in and I spread a bit fertiliser he's helping you know it's brilliant to have extra help around no, it makes the job a lot easier Obviously, part and parcel of farming now is the whole environmental area and, and the whole greening of, of agriculture and indeed common agricultural policy very geared towards that between slurry spreading biodiversity, uh, water quality, protected urea. How are you in all those areas? Are, what, is, what steps have you taken ac- across those key areas? Um, we're okay. We started using like protected urea and and all those things the last two years. It's all new to it, but so far so good. Like There's huge pressure from outside the farm gate on the environment and the impact farming has on the environment. We're not afraid to try these new things and they have been working for us the last couple of years. So like positive from our point of view. Like as long as it doesn't affect the farm financially and we're able to contribute right. to the bigger picture, I'm happy to do all these things. Of course the slurry spraying the shoe trail really that's been revolutionary. Saw it firsthand in Moorpark a good few years ago, but definitely and I'm sure neighbours are very happy as well as as about the benefit it has for the for the soil and environment as well. Definitely. Like only when you start using the trail and shoe and protect all these small things you realise it actually does mm. work and it's a benefit, the huge benefit. You know, trying new things lots of times, a lot of slow trying new things, but once you do once you and it works, you're happy to use it right. in the future. You mentioned yourself and your dad Richie are involved uh, and of course your mum Noreen there as well. As regards the uh, is, is it a partnership scenario how how well have you sorted that side of things out? Um it was a partnership for the first couple of years. Dad is at retirement age, he's stepping back and I'm taking over more of okay. the day running of it and things like that. But it's still very much a family farm. Dad looks after the calves and we look after the cows and we help each other out and you know just all apart for this but then as regards uh, over the last number of years expansion mode have you come to where you wanted to be or what type of numbers have you grown to since since you got involved the last three or four years we always had a traditional in our area kind of 40 50 cow herd and we knew that wasn't enough to support two families going forward so we took on a, a land around us rented and bought and we're at kind of 160 cows at the moment and the plan was to go a small bit more but with the recent Gambia news and things like that our plans have been kind of changed and halted which is disappointing but we can only wait and see how that goes and make make a plan that suits our firm going forward you know? mm. obviously the whole Bellevue and Tashka and the uh, appeal against the High Court decision for the plant there is a, is a big blow to everyone and particularly like yourselves on the ground who, who was organised to expand and unfortunately now uh, a bit of a hold on that but overall the spring has been good to you as regards COVID over the last year how difficult different was it on the Fitzgerald farm and how well did milk collection work and indeed vets in now the yard and overall the handling of COVID on farm Touchwood it was no problem at all. Every, everybody made their, their small bit of an effort. Like the farm still had to run day to day. There's no issues with collection. 
feed deliveries, anything. Everybody's under bit and touch wood. There was no issues at all, and no, it seemed to like we're luckily in our in the local area. There was no real outbreak of COVID and things like that. We didn't have to do too much, but as long as everybody minds their there's no major mm. issue. Well, listen, well done to you and all the suppliers and and all the uh, truck drivers and tanker drivers and everybody involved in plants that the whole milk collection ran so smoothly and uh, COVID free. Finally, before I let you go, Silas, just around the corner, when are you hoping to cut or, or what's, what's the kind of dream date for the Fitzgerald farm as regards uh, cutting yeah, first oh, cut silage? Traditionally, we kind of would be aiming for the 28th of May, try to get good quality. It's all been green, it's fertilizers out and things like that, but over the poor growth of the last few weeks, that might be delayed a few days. We'll learn to wait and see when time comes. Next two or three weeks, it'll fill up a lot. And look, we'll, it'll generally, it'll be late last few days of May, early few days of June, and wait and see if the weather will dictate a lot of that. Fingers crossed as you saw yeah, the end of May. Stephen Fitzgerald, Open Source Future Farmer from Maggie. Stephen, thanks for taking a call. Well done on the Open Source Future Farm. We look forward to having a proper open day out in time. I know Mocker going there in a few weeks, but we look forward to a big open day in the future. Stephen Fitzgerald, thanks for taking our call. Concerned amounting for Glamby suppliers that planned peak milk restrictions could be extended further in the wake of Antoshka's decision to launch another appeal against a planned new cheese processing facility in Warford Port at Bellevue. And to discuss this, we're joined by a man who was outspoken on this earlier in the week, and that's Warford Senator John Cummins. John, welcome to our programme. Thanks very much, Kieran. John, as I said, concerns are mounting, particularly for Glanby suppliers and Glanby as a company as well. But you felt it necessary to come out and be outspoken early in the week, along with some of your Fine Gael colleagues. Yes, we issued a, a statement on this last weekend, uh, myself and, and five other Oireachtas uh, members from Fine Gael across the region. And I suppose we did so because we believe in rural Ireland and we believe the ability of uh, farm families to be able to make a decent living. And, you know, this is about decision by Antoshka, which is... You Know, going to have far-reaching consequences for farm families across uh, Waterford and the southeast region. And you know, I think at a time when we have 500,000 uh, people in receipt of the pandemic unemployment payment, that it's absolutely indefensible uh, that a project that's going to create 500 construction jobs and up to 100 full-time roles on completion and support thousands of farm families' uh, incomes across the southeast is being held up in the court system uh, by Antoshka. I just think it's absolutely indefensible. Mm-hmm. And I've been inundated uh, with people contacting me all week in relation to this. Now, Antoshka appealing a High Court decision, as I mentioned in the intro, dismissing his challenge against the decision of Board Panala to grant the planning permission of the 140 million cheese plant. Now, some on the outside might say elected members shouldn't be getting involved in this whole process. Leave it to Antoshka and leave it to the to the legal structure to sort this one out. Yeah, well, look, I have no vested interest in this project uh, whatsoever, but, you know, I am a, 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 an elected representative who lives in a county that has a large number of dairy farmers and many of them you know particularly younger ones who have taken over farm holdings which is something that we're trying to encourage they've invested heavily on the back of this plant and they're already facing restrictions on supplies uh, from next year as a result of what is already a two year delay uh, to the to the process and you know I just think it's unjustified it's indefensible and it's an attack on rural Ireland and I believe that Antoshka have had their day in court you know this has been determined already by Kilkenny County Council it's been appealed to on board Panola who found in favour of Kilkenny and then they sought a judicial review uh, to the High Court uh, taken on board Panola's decision and the court found in favour of on board Panola. So, you know, this has already been determined and I think Antoshka should accept the decision of the Independent Planning Authority of Kilkenny, of on board Panola and of the High Court. Now, John, as regards Antoshka, to a lot of people on the outside, who's involved in Antoshka, who funds Antoshka and who actually is involved in Antoshka, who are Antoshka, basically? Well, 
you know, Antoshka is a is a prescribed uh, body under the under the Planning Act. Uh, so local authorities are obliged uh, to consult uh, with them in relation to, to planning matters. In relation to their constitution, I'm I'm not familiar with with who sits on it. But you know, I think they you know they do they do have a role. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, if something is after being adjudicated on by an independent body like on board Panola, they have sought judicial review and have gone to the High Court in relation to it and that has been uh, thrown out by, by right. the High Court and found in favour of it. So, you know, there has to come a time uh, when you when you call a stop to this and, you know, I had hoped that common sense uh, would prevail on this but uh, clearly it's not. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. the Taoiseach has come out uh, now and asked uh, on, on Toshka to, to reconsider this decision just like we done uh, earlier in the week and I certainly hope that, that common sense will prevail on this. And John, in fairness to Antoshka, their statement says that the High Court judgment in detail believes it raises points of exceptional importance which should be appealed in the public interest. So what's their main area of concerns from what you can decipher? They do have uh, concerns in, in, in relation uh, to environmental impacts of uh, increased production uh, in terms of milk production. But, you know, it has to be said that, you know, that milk is already there. It's being produced. And, you know, if it's not being processed in this plant, it's going to go to another plant uh, and we have to look at the, the consequences of transporting large volumes of uh, milk around around the country. And, you know, I think farm families and farmers uh, right across this region, you know, they've been working hard all of the time over the last uh, number of years in order to, you know, improve uh, their environmental sustainability. Mm, but nice. with environmental sustainability has to come economic sustainability. And as a politician, we're very aware of, of the word balance. And, and it appears on Toshka are not willing to find uh, that compromise. They're not willing to sit down with stakeholders and find that compromise and I think that's uh, very disappointing and I would call them on, on them to sit down with the stakeholders sit down with Glambia, sit down with the IFA and, and let's hear the issues, let's talk them out and in my experience if you go into a meeting with no preconditions and you sit down you can always find a compromise. Senator John Cummins as always, John, John thanks for taking the call I'm sure we'll hear much more of this over the next few weeks but thanks for taking our call. Thanks very much Karen. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanviaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hand. And you're welcome back to part two of Farm View. Now, let's have a look at some items from our farming calendar. Great to see a busy farming calendar back on our weekly farming programme. Livestock Mart's weekly online sales continue this Saturday morning at Walford Ross Mart in New Ross. Cattle sales from half nine, calf sales from ten. While on Monday, Dungarvan Mart's cattle sale from 11 o'clock every Monday morning, of course, at Dungarvan Mart from 11 o'clock. And don't forget, the very successful calf sales continue every Thursday from 12 noon with all sales now live online at livestocklive.com. Turning to our farmer markets and country markets this Saturday morning, Walford Farmers Market, John Roberts Square, also of course Tremore Farmers Market and Priest Road and Strabley Farmers Market every Saturday morning from 10 until 1. Sunday, Lismore Farmers Market, Castle Avenue from 10 until 4 and of course the Ardmore Farmers Market will be reopening and good to hear as reopening at the end of May. Thursday, Dungarvan Farmers Market, Grattan Square from 9 until 2. Friday mornings, Margot Slater was on to remind us that Dungarvan Country Markets are up and running every Friday at the Scouts Tent from 9 until 1, while 
Wild Warford Farmers Market in St. Olaf's Hall continue every Friday also from 9 until 1. Now Shane was on from Warford Market to remind us that Warford Market's next weekly farm walk will take place on Thursday next to 20th of May on the farm of Shane Fitzgerald the open source farmer indeed a guest on this week's programme. The walk will take place at half 7 with a maximum of 15 on Thursday next and to register and you must register you can contact Warford Market's Instagram or Facebook page. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanviaConnect.com, Ireland's biggest online farming shop and more. Well, one farmer's market back up and running, of course, is the Tremor Farmer's Market. Indeed, one man very much involved at the Tremor Farmer's Market, and of course, also involved at the Garvin Farmer's Market, is David Kiley of the Cumra Mountain Farm. First of all, David, you must be thrilled with how the farmer markets have reopened, not only in Dungarvan, but in Tremor as well, and uh, blooming again. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great outlet for people that they just need to come, to be outside and that's what we're told to, to think outside and all this so it's really after um, motivating people in Tremor just to be outside and, and to actually try and get involved in, in selling their, their hobbies or crafts or in my case uh, we're, we're very passionate to vegetables and, and growing poultry as well so, so what time are you in Tremor? Saturdays in Tremor? Tremor just really kicks off from 8 o'clock in the morning and then it kind of runs up to the, up to 1 o'clock in the daytime like no, right. every you Saturday might, you might tell our listeners what you have to offer from the Cumra farm we spoke to your wife oh, Chloe well, in the past I know about the poultry and but you might give a broad yeah. outline of, of what you're involved in yeah well we rear uh, poultry as in chickens and ducks all year long free range uh, free range yeah they're they're more free range than what, than what it's called in a lot of places but uh, we also have our, our lovely mixed salad leaves and we also have our own spinach and we have our own spring onions coming along with our own garlic later on tomatoes courgettes cucumbers and your seasonal vegetables and do you find it's ongoing or is it very much peak and valley are you, are you constantly no. able to have a good display at the farmer market beating down Garvin or indeed Tremor in oh no it's just a, it's, it's like everything you have to you have to have a good effort and just right. just, just put your uh, your best foot forward every day David uh, it was a huge move for you getting involved in this area Chloe arrived on the scene had you always in your head to do this or was it your good wife Chloe give you, give you the inspiration I, I, I think it was something that kind of grew out organically between okay. us like, no, right, just, yeah. just one thing kind of led into an next and uh, we yeah. We kind of complemented each other in a, in a lot of things. Yeah. Like, so uh, that's David, what the, the lockdown market. for you, like all business, how did it affect the, the Cumber Mountain Farm? Oh, well, we, we initially had actually got very busy in the first lockdown and then it kind of just kind of spaced itself out over the last year. So we're, but we're glad to say that we mm. actually have a nice, good customer base and we're, we're building on it and uh, hopefully just con- quality is, mm. is, is what we like, like to give out. And Do you find you have a lot of repeat customers both in Dungarvan and in Tremor? Do you have repeat yeah. customers week on week? Always repeat customers there like no right, so yeah. it's 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 great to see the support yeah. we get from like the locals and well david yourself and chloe you've you've blazed the trail as such you're based up in kilbrine but my god the range of products that you produce on your farm available as we say it's a saturday and tomorrow every thursday in that, that's it that's it karen david, best look yourself right. in the future thanks well, a few weeks ago on our farming program, we spoke how the Dungarvan Farmers Market had reopened successfully, indeed, farmer markets and indeed country markets right around the city and county. Well, one market which has really hit the ground running since it reopened is the Sunday market every Sunday, Lismore Farmers Market in the Castle Avenue, Lismore. Simon Fraser is coordinator of, of the event in Lismore. You must be thrilled the way how successful the reopening ha- has been for Lismore. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted, Kieran. We, uh, we could realistically have opened back in March if it wasn't for COVID, and I'd say we've been just as busy 
busy. People are really keen to have somewhere to go. And obviously, the, being in the castle grounds on a Sunday is a, is a bonus because there's the gardens there. But uh, the, the market itself is thriving. Myself and Helen Fitzgerald, she's a great help, organises everything behind the scenes. Basically, we've got a great mixture of food and Irish crafts. It's, it's become an event, basically, every week. People want somewhere to go and they're, they're loving it. Now, Simon, you're involved in the farmer's market as coordinator in Dungarvan on Thursday and up in Lismore uh, on a Sunday. For producers like yourself, and you're very much involved in the plants and shrubs, farmer's markets are a lifeline for you. They are. I mean, I make my living from them. Everybody here, everyone in, in Lismore, whether they be kind of weekend traders or it's part of their living, is, is very happy with it. It's an alternative to, you know, shopkeeping. It's an open-air thing. It's, it's really something of the future that's always been there in the past. <laughs> now, you mentioned Lismore. You've over 20 stalls every Sunday in yep. Lismore. Great yep. variety. But the Castle Avenue, what a setting. And, of course, you have the gardens as well. So people can make it a Sunday afternoon treat. Well, well, they do. We have we have people coming down from Dublin. We have people coming from all over the country. People will come down. They'll have lunch in the town. They'll have they'll they'll buy plants. They'll go to the Castle Avenue. It, yeah, it's basically a day out. So, Simon, what would you say to people who haven't been to Lismore Farmers Market on a Sunday? Get what down would you there. Say to them? Get down there. Come yeah. and come and have some fun. Listen, best to yeah. look good. All right, Karen. Thank you. Well, before I go on the racing front, we had a good week again for local Waterford connections cross channel. Dungarvan with wins for Dungarvan trainer Dennis Coakley at Bath and Dungarvan Jock Nile who's having a brilliant season with yet another winner at Plumpton. While at Killarney back home we'd win for Kappa trainer and jockey Declan Queeley, colleague and owner breeder Michael Tobin and Tremor owner trainer John Halley. While the Stapman again knocking Butlerstown trainer saddled yet another fine double at Killarney also this week. So that's it for all of this week's programme. So once again my thanks to Sean and Ollie for all their help in putting this week's programme together. So from myself Kieran O'Connor, stay safe, keep up the protocol and hopefully I'll have your company again same time next week. Farm View with Kieran O'Connor on WLR. With GlanbiaConnect.com. Thousands of products in the palm of your hand. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.